Happy New Year. We're back on the official pod. Eric Allen, Leger Ducible. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Deuce, what did you think about the Jets' efforts last week and everything they had to endure before that game against Jacksonville and still coming out on top despite having 20 players in health and safety protocols and two coaches, including the boss, Robert Sala? Yeah, you talk about missing 20 players. You're talking about a gutsy young team out there scrapping and fighting, literally guys off the street playing significant roles on offense and defense. And they went out there and they got it done. Kudos to Rod Middleton. I know we'll probably talk about him a little bit later. But to be thrust into the head coaching position when all you've ever done was maybe lead just one practice at the college level, to be able to do that for the majority of the week and then go into Sunday's game not blink, this team didn't blink, and still be aggressive, right, EA? They went for it on fourth down five times. I don't think they've done that all year long and converted on three of them. So just a kudo to this team. You talk about the system that Robert, you know, Salah is trying to implement, the identity that he's trying to implement with this this young team. Um, you just have to give a kudos to, to Ron Middleton and this coaching staff and then the players, man, to just go out there and, and just continue to fight and scratch and claw, especially at the end of the year. They had – Every right, I won't say every right, but most teams would have probably just shut it down knowing that they were missing 20 uh, players and pivotal starters, but they went out there, they scratched and clawed and got a victory. I think seven starters in all were out yeah. against the Jags. I heard after the game from numerous people that that halftime environment was quite lively. A lot of tables being flipped, a lot of words <laughs> being exchanged. Uh, what did you think about that? Because obviously something Middleton said got their attention because they got the job done. Yeah, definitely. And, and the Jets missed on a few opportunities. That game could have been a lot more lopsided. We saw right at the end of the half them going for it on fourth down uh, instead of kicking the field goal. And I know we'll probably talk about Brandon Staley. And we talked about it last week, the, the analytics of going for it on fourth down that many times. Um, but you have to love the aggressiveness and then the, the togetherness of this team, right? Because I've been in that locker room. Like, everything is going against you, 20-plus players missing. You said it's seven starters. This, uh, you struggled this season being able to finish and get wins at the end of the game. But they were able to get it. Now, like, again, it didn't look pretty all the time, and that's what happens when you have a young team. More specifically, that's what happens when you have a young team plus pivotal players not playing on your team. Um that game should have been a lot more lopsided, but you just love the fight at the end. And even the defense, right? Uh, I believe they had the ball like at the two-yard line for two or three plays, and they didn't get in the end zone. So kudos to the offense, the defense, and the special teams. My guy, Braxton Berrios, put him in a Pro Bowl, man. He deserves to be in there. Yeah, he's a first alternate for the No, nah, he needs Bowl. to be the, the guy. He don't need to be a first alternate. I mean, if you look at what he's done in the return game, I believe he leads the league in return yardage on kick return. And there's, I believe, top five in punt return. So, oh, like, yeah. To me, it makes no sense that he's not in the Pro Bowl this year. and They have to do something about He's just this a good football as, player, right? Yeah. It's, it's he's, not he's, just the kickoff returns. He's earned some returns. Money. He's pitching in on offense. The Jets were decimated at receiver. If you really yeah. think about Elijah Moore being out, Corey Davis, of course, on injured reserve, no Jamison Crowder yeah. against the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. So it's funny that you brought that up, yeah, because you want to talk about the trust factor and when a player and a coach – really trust the guy. If you look at it as a whole, that last drive the Jets have, right, when they're trying to ice the game away and put the game away, on a pivotal uh, – the first two plays of the game, right, end around to Braxton Berrios to get the offense going. Next play, bubble screen to Braxton Berrios just to get him in space. He gets the first down. Pivotal third down, right, I believe it was like third and eight. 
He runs an in-breaking dig or slant route, gets hit by the safety, holds on to the ball. So that shows you that Zach Wilson has faith and trust in him. That shows you that Michael LaFleur has faith and trust in Braxton Berrios. This young man has, has earned some money this offseason. If I was the Jets, I'd try to pay him now or right at the beginning of the offseason because if you let him get the free agency, there's going to be some suitors. I look at a guy like uh, Kendrick Bourne, right? He's kind of that mold, a slot guy that's sure-handed. He got a nice little bag from New England. He's now their number one receiver. So you don't want to lose a guy like that in free agency. So if, if you're Joe D., Go ahead and, and, and you want to be able to bless the people that play for you in that locker room because it shows guys that are free agents that if you if you do the, the right thing here or if you're drafted here and you do the right thing, we're going to reward you for it and pay you. So I, think, of, uh, I think it, now it's four games of 150-plus all-purpose yards for yeah. Barrios. Let's go to the run game. Before we get into Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, can you talk about the offensive line and Michael Carter reaching triple digits for the first time in his career? This is one of the best draft picks at running back the Jets have had in the last 20 years, you got to say. A hundred percent. And it sucked that he got injured because he would have been out of a thousand all purpose yards already if he hadn't got injured. And he has, he has a chance to do that this week. I believe he's close to 900 all purpose yards. Um, and I, I think he'll either get it this week or next week go over the thousand yard mark. But I mean, what can you say about Michael Carter? When I was watching the game, I was a little upset though. Yeah, I was, and I and I have love for Tevin Coleman. We've talked about this plenty of time on the show. He has some juice, right? But I believe Michael Carter has proven that he can be the lead back in this offense. And literally, I think they almost split carries down the middle. I believe Michael Carter had sixteen, and Tevin Coleman had fourteen. And I just felt when he came back from injury that they would give him, you know, the lead back back role. Because I honestly believe he should get 20 to 23 touches a game. Now, if you want to divvy that up between running the ball and catching the ball in the backfield, I'm fine with that. But he's that explosive as an athlete with the ball in his hands. You're talking about contact balance. First guy never bringing him down. And then we saw the big run at the end to try to seal the game. Almost broke a 30-plus yard run and scored a touchdown to end the game. So you see that in the open field. He's not just elusive, but he has another gear and he can get going. Huge pieces out of this draft class moving forward. You talk about Michael Carter. Elijah Moore, we're taping on Tuesday again outside the studio. We're following uh, all the health and safety standards in the National Football League. So we're not together. Uh, but E. Moore could be back in the lineup. Hopefully, this week. hopefully. They're, they're crossing week. their fingers because you really could use him against the defending <laughs> Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. But you love those two pieces offensively. We talked about what Michael Carter the second has done this season. He's got a chance to play and be out of those health and yeah. safety protocols later this week defensively. Brandon Eccles yeah. flashing as well. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, he's going to be back. Yeah. Um, so, listen, this 2021 draft class is definitely one to build on. But the guy at the center of that, not only this year, but for years to come, Zach Wilson, where are you seeing the most progress? He just set a franchise record in terms of rush yards by mm. a quarterback in a single game. The 52-yard touchdown against the Jags was the longest rush by a Jets quarterback ever. Yeah, and we've seen progress uh, this past week. And he didn't put up a, a crazy amount of passing yards, but he lived within the offense. He got the ball out of his hands. He knew where to, where to go. And I really just love how he's progressed on some pivotal third downs and even fourth down last week. We saw it multiple times. First third down in the game in breaking route to uh, Keelan Cole, hits him in stride, first down. Big fourth down, right? He uh, pressure up the middle, 
evades pressure, goes to the right, pump fakes the defensive end, gets a first down. A pivotal fourth down um, gets off the first read. Braxton Berrios is coming across on a crossing pattern, hits him in stride for a first down. So I just love his, his progression. More specifically on big downs, the money downs, third and fourth down. And you love to see that from your quarterback. There's been other times where he's drifted out of the pocket and invaded the pocket when he didn't need to. But he seems like he's getting more comfortable in the pocket, EA. And that's what I love. Now, the next step in that progression is sometimes to hitch up into that pocket and deliver the ball. There's been times where he's kind of, you know, faded back. But you get that from rookie quarterbacks. We saw from Trevor Lawrence took a really bad sack. Most young quarterbacks just always drift back. So the next progression is to hitch up in that pocket and deliver the ball when pressure is coming. If Zach Wilson could do that, that next, take that next pivotal step, he can be special in this league for a long time. But I just like what he's done as far as the progress. We saw some of it in Miami. Took a bad sack because he was trying to go for the home run, you know, pass to Braxton Berrios on that wheel route instead of just throwing a slant to Mims or throwing it to Braxton originally on a bubble screen. But we saw this week, he took the easy underneath throws. You know where to go with the football when pressure was coming. And he didn't just evade the pocket unless he had to because pressure was coming. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Dan Feeney is going to join us in a couple moments. The mullet. Yes, the mullet will be here. He got his first start of the season last week against Jacksonville. But the reason why he's here is really his versatility. He started 16 games at center for the Chargers last season. He's going to end up finishing this season as the Jets' starting center because, unfortunately, yeah. Connor McGovern, who was so durable for yeah. so long, and I think he had an under-the-radar season from my band. Well. I want to get your thoughts on yeah. that. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered the knee injury against Jacksonville. Yeah, Connor McGovern played really well this year, and a lot of people aren't talking about it, kind of like they didn't have talking about George Fett. And how well he's played. Like when your name isn't called, um, that's a good thing when you're an offensive lineman, right? And there's been some times earlier in the season that we talked about it. It was going to take time for this offensive group to jail where there was some miscommunication on some pass rush games. But they've sured that up, especially I would say like the last eight or nine games of the season. Connor McGovern has been a really bright spot. He's earned the, the job as the starting center. I would say going to next year. I know there's been some talks of maybe getting the office another offensive line in the first uh, round, but I believe. We're set at the center position now. If they were able to get, you know, the kid from Iowa Lindenbaum, I would then maybe move him to guard. And then you're talking about having really a good interior offensive line with, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker, the kid from Iowa, and then McGovern, who has versatility, who's played some guard as well, putting him at guard. But uh, all intents and purposes, the center has not been a weak spot for the New York Jets this year. He's played really well, done a good job as far as communication. There's been times I've broken film down and showed you the communication when the offensive line decides to slide. So he's been a bright spot. It just sucks for him because I believe he was like, what, 56 straight games without like missing yes. a start or something like that. Yes. So you, you feel for a guy like that who's been so durable to, to end up getting hurt right at the end of the season with only two games left. Uh, you're just your heart goes out to him. Yeah, uh, McGovern and Fan are big stories here this season up front yeah. along that offensive line because they said going into the season that – this system was a perfect fit for their physical skill sets. I think they proved that throughout the year. Fant, fortunately, he's going to finish up here at left tackle. That leads us into and he, the McKay. He, he balled Sunday. Yeah. He yeah. Balled. Not just in the past game, but in the run. Like he was mauling guys. Like you could tell he was mad that he missed last week. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So he's had a career year at yeah. left tackle, and, and the guy should get a ton of props for 
battling Morgan Moses throughout training camp to see who's going to be the right tackle. He ends up the right tackle in Carolina. Becton goes down week one with the knee injury. (laughs) And they say, hey, George, you got to take care of Wilson's blind side. And that first game, everybody struggled. Wilson struggled. The offensive line struggled with the communication. But you have to be very encouraged where you are heading into the offseason with this offensive line. Makai Becton, Robert Sala said it this week, barring a miracle, he won't be back. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because I know you really wanted to see him just get a couple yeah. reps for his confidence, just to get back on the field. And then he was also asked Sala this week about would the Jets consider moving him to right tackle uh, because Fant has been so effective on the left side. He was not going to go down that road, and I, I, and that's which, understandable. Which is, a, which is a tale. Which is a tale. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I mean, there's, there's a lot to to talk about. Yeah. Uh, everything that you just broke down. Yeah, and let's talk about George Fant. Right, uh, this guy has never been comfortable in any one position. Like when he was in Seattle, they asked him to play guard. They asked him to play tight end. They asked him to play right tackle. They asked him to play left tackle. They even had this guy take some defensive reps one time, EA. So he's Bart never been God able wanted him to play guard this year. And I'm like, I don't know. So remember me and Bart had had it, had it, had it out on TV about that. <laughs> and I'm it. like, that's not just the easiest thing to do. You're asking a tackle to kick inside. Um, that's not just the easy transition. Like moving from the right, the left side at tackle is hard enough on its own. But you're talking about changing a whole position where the game is so much quicker on the inside. And he hasn't done it a lot. Now, he's been able to do it in a pinch for Seattle, but that's not what he does. So I, I think people it's hard for people to understand as a player. When you're comfortable in position, in a position specifically, like how much easier the game is for you. Like when you know that you're penciled in at one position and a guy like me who, who had to be versatile to play 10 years in the league, that to, to play multiple positions, like I did that my whole life. So like for a guy like me, it wasn't hard, like to play outside linebacker, DN or D tackle. But for an offensive lineman that has played like multiple positions, like – like you'll always be a swing guy. It's hard for you to solidify yourself as a starter if you're not penciled in at one position. So hey, can we for just him, say real quick that George Fant played college basketball? That's what I'm saying. And that's another thing. So he hasn't even played football his whole life. He played college basketball. So like you're asking this dude to play multiple positions. First, let him just one learn one position coming from a different sport. But he was able to do that, lasted in the league, was the sixth, you know, the the, the third offensive tackle in Seattle for four years, then finally got to, to be able to start half of the season because I believe one of their t- – I think Dwayne uh, Brown had got hurt, so he was able to go in at left tackle. And the Jets saw something there, and they decided to pay him that all season. Comes in last year, plays right tackle, was kind of banged up. But this year it seems like he has just found his calling at the left tackle position. And it's because he's been able to start every game except for one, besides the first game where he went to right and then went to left. He's played at left tackle every game except for missing the Miami game last week. So he's definitely comfortable in that position. And I was telling people before the draft that I thought he was going to have a good year in the system. This this system was suited perfectly for him for his athletic ability, first and foremost, when you talk about the zone scheme. And I knew he was going to progress as a pass, you know, in pass protection. And he's done that. Like the one sack he gave up, it's because sometimes he gets in trouble and oversets trying to make sure he gets to the defensive end. He opens up the inside move. That was the only sack he gave up versus Houston, Texas, and he has fixed that um, throughout the season. He's gotten better at it. Now, every once in a while, he'll overset and use those long arms to push the defensive end down the side, but he doesn't get beat. Like, he's only given up one sack this year. So, talking about Makai Becton, I think 
and we've talked about this before EA that they should move him to right tackle. Like this is a kid that was comfortable at right tackle in college. He played right tackle in college and just for the viewers out there or people listening on podcasts, your right tackle is usually your more physical tackle. He's usually your better run blocker. He's your grinder. You know, he's your meat grinder at the right tackle position. So I think Makai Beckham fits that mold perfectly. You talk about keeping Vant and Elijah Vera Tucker, who have built up some chemistry this year. Keep them together on the left side. Move Makai Beckton on the right side. Now, the thing is, will Makai be open to that? We saw an issue with Zeus, um, Zeus Brown, and he ends up getting traded to Kansas City because he only wants to play left tackle. But I think Makai Beckton will flourish at the right tackle position. Like, Because, again, he could be your mauler at that right tackle position. And it's not like he hasn't done it before. This is a young kid. He's only going into year three, which is really year two because he missed his whole year this year. So he'll be able to adapt if he knows going into this season that they want to play him at right tackle. A point for me here is the Jets already have an offensive line that should be considered in the top half of the National Football League. And and now 2022, you're thinking that, hey, we can have a top 10 offensive line. We can have a top seven offensive line. Like, I think there's a lot of potential here for the Jets to have one of the better lines of football. Yeah, 100%. And it all comes down to chemistry. So you're most likely going to get three of your starters back, right? Uh, McGovern will be back. Talk about Fett and then Elijah Vera Tucker. And then Makai Beckton comes in. And he'll solidify that line. And now you just got to solidify that right guard position now. Do you draft somebody high in the draft, first, second round, and bring them in? Or do you go to free agency? There's some pretty good free agents. You're talking about Brandon Sheriff in Washington, Connor Williams for the Dallas Cowboys. Those two guys will be free. You know, Joe D loves to, you know, build the, the team from the line back. So the offensive line, defensive line, I could see him maybe being sneaky in free agency and grabbing one of those guards, paying them to make sure you solidify the offensive line. That way, we've seen Zach be more comfortable in the pocket, right, the last few weeks. It's because he has faith in this offensive line. They've done a good job protecting him. Well, if you get another, you know, key piece up front, now you're talking about this guy really progressing better in year two because now he knows he might have that extra split second in the pocket. He doesn't have to always drift back. He can step up in the pocket and make some of those big-time throws. So I would not be surprised if we see Joe D make a move in free agency. You're talking about $208 million um cap cap number this year and, and the Jets potentially are going to have a boatload of money to spend in free agency so I can see Joe D being more aggressive than he has done in the past yeah that's the point in all this right now the Jets are four and 11 uh, I think they are in a much better position than a lot of teams around them with similar records in terms yeah. of infrastructure already here I mean, look on at the, the Giants. They're, and, they're and an all assets in the well. cap space and they have four wins so they're stuck with some of those bad contracts the next year and they won't be able to move pieces around and, and bring in new guys so i agree with that even though the jets are four and eleven they really probably could be sick have six or seven wins um if you look at it as a whole they're in a really good space with the young foundation they've built and the, the amount of money they'll be able to spend. A hundred percent. So you see the O-line being fortified before us. Yeah. We see Michael Carter and Elijah Moore become key playmakers immediately in year one, and they're only going to get better. Yeah. Corey Davis is going to be back on this team as well next year. Of course, you sign him in free agency. He got off to a hot start. He had the chemistry with Zach Wilson. Then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, uh, you know, Carl Lawson is a piece yeah. You hope comes back and is 100%. C.J. Mosley has been terrific at the inside linebacker position. 
You talk about adding Quincy Williams, who was a waiver Ooh. fine. In the back end, you're very encouraged about your cornerbacks. I, yeah. I did want to ask you about safety. Oh, my God. The Jets started their eighth and ninth Crazy. safety last game. So you're talking about Jason Pinnock, a day three pick, who was a cornerback corner. in they college. Moved. But honestly, and I think Will he's Parks. a better fit at safety. Will Parks, who just came in here less than a week ago, he's out there on the field making Crazy. a few tackles for you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to attack that position uh, via draft and probably free agency. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in two guys. I think Marcus May is a the guy they could consider bringing back off the injury. Um, hopefully he heals up and is 100%. But they're definitely going to bring in, I would say, maybe two veterans at safety and maybe even draft another guy because we've seen the injuries at that safety position. And in Robert Salah's defense, you got to have two valuable safeties because you got to have one guy that can take away the tight ends. We saw it in San Francisco, a guy like Jimmy Ward. And even Jaquaski Tart is a guy that's really good covering the tight ends. And then you have to have that physical presence in the safety, which Jaquaski Tart is. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Ward will hit you too, but he has cornerback-like skills because he started as a corner. So you got to have that good combination for the communication aspect and just because they tie in that defense together at the safety position. And it's been tough for the Jets because they just have not had continuity back there because so many different guys have started at the safety position this year. Let's bring in the mullet, Dan Feeney. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Let's bring in Daniel James Feeney. Do you go by DJF? Because I ask you that because the Jets have a lot of guys going by their initials, of course, this year, AVT, Elijah Barrett Tucker. You got Laurent Dumeray Tardif, LDT as well. Yeah, man, we got GVR. And uh, I mean, it's a, it's just crazy. <laughs> JFM. I mean, it's, I've yeah, never literally. been on a team with so many acronym names, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I just go by Dan or, or Feeney or, you know, just those two. Unfortunately, no, no DJF for me. Okay. <laughs> hey, Feeney, I have to ask about the mullet. Where where was the inspiration? Where did you get the inspiration for the mullet? And why did you decide to do it? Well, it kind of all started back in uh, the beginning of quarantine. I couldn't get my hair cut for a while. And then I was like, well, first time I could, I was like, hey, let's put a mullet in there and see what it looks like. And then kind of just stuck from there, you know. Did you ever have one growing up? No, never had one growing up. No, my dad never had one, so it was just kind of a kind of a fun little thing I wanted to do. So, Dan, let's just talk about yeah. your your versatility. You know, you've played some center, you played some guard. Started this last week at guard. What position are you more comfortable with? And it seems like going forward that you will have to start at the center position. But what what position would you prefer? Are you just comfortable playing both? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable playing both. You know, uh, uh, with the Chargers, I played you know, guard for about two, two and a half years. And then the last year at, uh, at center. So, I, I mean, I've, I've been playing a lot of bowls, so it just uh, kind of just helps that uh, I can kind of swing in and out at the garden center position. So what happens in game late? You start 
at the guard position. And then when your teammates, Connor McGovern goes down, uh, what's the mindset there? Because here's your teammate. He's on the ground. Looks like he's experienced a somewhat serious injury, but at the same time, you got to go on go in there and take over at center. Yeah. You know, that's, it, that's the worst part about this business. You know, people, people go down and it's, uh, unfortunately the show goes on so you just got to handle your business you got to do your job and you know uh, uh, obviously I had to take snaps with Zach just to make sure you know our our mesh was good with you know the snapping and stuff so it, it's tough you know it's tough to see uh you know doctors uh coming to counters aid and then I I still got to go do center stuff so it's it's tough but that's the uh, that's the hardest part about this uh this business for sure Dan, what's your mindset specifically these last two games? And then also the team's mindset as you get ready to play, you know, Tom Brady, you know, defending champs coming into MetLife this week. What's your mindset and the team's mindset going forward for these last two games of the season? Yeah, you know, we got a, a couple of good challenges these next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, both playoff teams, playoff contenders. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough for us for sure, especially guys coming in and off COVID list. So we're going to have to deal with those uh you know obstacles throughout the week but uh you know I, I think our biggest thing is just we want to keep building on what's what we did in the Jacksonville game you know keep doing what we can do focus on the little things and just keep trying to build up the program as best we can Sheldon Rankins uh, I thought eloquently talked about the situation at hand here for you guys last week where 20 players entered health and safety safety protocols and your head coach and quarterbacks coach as well, where you're sitting there on the practice field. What was it like when guys get pulled and, and, and also having that feeling like uh, you don't want to be next? Yeah, it is tough. You know, uh, unfortunately this is, uh, you know, this COVID stuff isn't going away anytime soon. So we just got to keep dealing with it and keep, you know, taking precautions as best as we can and you know it, it's just about handling your business you know you got to be smart you can't be you know going out partying and stuff like that you don't want to get covid and you know be out for the next couple of weeks so it's just about handling your business staying smart and you know it, it's a lot colder up here than it was in uh, cali for me so just you know staying on you know taking your nyquil at night every once in a while you know getting your emergency boost so just so you know your immune system's high everything's boosted so we don't uh you don't have to fight that issue. Yeah, let's talk about one of your former college teammates, Tevin Coleman. You guys both went to Indiana. Uh, was your familiarity with him one of the reasons why you signed there? And then just talked about as you're going through the free agent process, what was it about Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur that made you want to come sign with the Jets? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually signed here first, and then Tevin signed Ooh. after me, so he followed. So, me so he followed you. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how I think I went. But uh, well, that's the trend, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it, it was super cool seeing that uh, that Tevin signed here. You know, obviously we played in Indiana for a couple of years together, and uh, I mean he had an incredible career there, and uh, it, it was just small world, you know that uh, that we signed here together, but. It's always good, you know, seeing a former teammate, and there's still a couple of Indiana Hoosier guys uh, in the league, so it's always good to to see them and that tight neck group we had back then. You blocked for him when he eclipsed 2,000 yards on the ground. How special of a season was that? Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was, it was such a cool, 
you know, Mark, our, our old line coach and our running backs coach that are really, you know, trying to hit that mark. So we were just trying to block our butt off for Tevin, you know. For Tevin, he can squeeze through the smallest hole and then get in there and just freaking he's got gas forever. So he'll he'll hit it. He'll run people over, man. He's just a special back all around. Now, let's talk about this upcoming matchup. You know that Todd Bowles is synonymous with bringing pressure. Just talk about the communication aspect now that you're moving into center um, this week. Just talk about how the communication has to be on key with a team that likes to bring as much pressure as the Bucks like to bring. Yeah, I think it's going to be similar to the Miami game. You know, they like they like to bring pressure a lot, and uh, it, it's definitely a, going to be a communication-based game for us. We're going to have to be on our P's and Q's for sure just all around. And, you know, identify the structure and, you know, obviously watch our tape and see who they like bringing, who they like doing all that stuff. So it's just uh, just kind of handling the little things and making sure that everybody's on the same page because one of the sayings is a old line we like to say is if we're all wrong, we're all right. You know, if, if all five of us are doing the, the same thing together, we're going to have a good chance at uh, being having a positive play. What about the communication this week with Zach Wilson and what have you liked about the rookie in terms of him grasping the system? Because everybody's talked throughout the year about him embracing the process of not just game day, but getting ready to play. Yeah, I obviously have been watching from afar for the past couple of weeks, but you can just see that uh, throughout this year, each game, I feel like that he's, taking more of a leadership role, more control, and the, the confidence, I think, is just oozing out of him at this point. So it's it, it's awesome to see, you know, a young guy just take the role and take that that leadership aspect because he, he wants to do what he does. You know, he's going to – he can scramble. He can make big-time plays and stuff like that. And he loves doing that. And I think when he does that, the leadership role just – starts oozing out of him his confidence starts coming out so it's 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 cool to see and especially these past couple weeks i think it's he's been taking great steps towards that Dan, let's talk about this run game man it was monstrous sunday over 270 yards rushing this week though you got a a, a run defense that's pretty good with via van and dominican sue how can you guys up front keep that consistency in the run game going against this outfit this week yeah i think uh it kind of just falls back onto our you know, following the little things and doing our fundamentals right. You know, they're obviously a stout defense. You know, they got a lot of great players all across that defense. So we're definitely going to have to bring our A game. You know, I mean, they got great run stoppers, like you said, Vita Vea, Dominic and Sue, you know, Devin White. So we're definitely going to have a, a challenge cut out for us. But I think it, it's, it's always going to be about us just handling our business and, you know, staying on our fundamentals. How tight is this offensive line group? We saw all the pitchers in the offseason, you guys going to games, having a pop at the Islanders game, and you became a fan favorite here quickly amongst Jets fans. Yeah, it, it's awesome, man. It, it's it's so cool when you get into a room uh, like that with with veteran guys, you know, George Fan, Connor McGovern, GVR, and, you know, Morgan Moses. They're, they're just guys that have been in the league for so long. They have so many games under their belt. And it, it, it's just cool to see that they have, uh, you know, they, they still like to have fun like that. And they still like to come out and, you know, hang out with the guys. And and it, it's a real cool feeling. And it, it I think it makes a, a tighter knit O-line group for sure. Dan, just talk about the opportunity for you personally that you get these last three games to potentially start. Now it sucks that one of your teammates 
got hired, but just talk about what this opportunity means to you and what do you want to go out there and, and improve that you can do besides, you know, showing your versatility at guard and center, what, what do you want to accomplish in these, these next two games after having, you know, started last week versus Jacksonville? Yeah. You know, obviously injuries are, are tough and, but uh, obviously you gotta, you know, the show goes on. So I got to roll at center and uh, I, I'm just excited to, obviously play a role in this offense and help these guys win. And I'm going to do the best I can to make sure everything is, you know, on point. The ID points are good. Everybody's on the same page and just making sure the communi communication will be quick and efficient. So everybody kind of knows what they need to do off that. One guy who doesn't get talked uh, enough of, I think is John Benton, uh, the Jets offensive line coach. Uh, this is your first year under him, obviously, Dan. Yep. Uh, what does he bring to the table? How is he a communicator? Uh, how has he done this year with you guys in the room? No, he's been great, man. He obviously brings a lot of experience and, uh, he, he's coached some of the greats, you know, Staley, Trent, uh, Lakeland Tomlinson. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's awesome to see that he has guys that have obviously, you know, they're doing O-line play at a very high level. And I, I think he does a great job of breaking the film down, you know, making a great run game for us and he does a good job of communicating uh, you know uh what the defense is like to do you know bringing in different fronts and things of that nature so he he definitely likes being in depth with all of his information that he gives us so we go in feeling confident that we know for the most part how a defense is going to try and attack us yeah, let's talk about another guy that hasn't been talked about enough that's had a, a really good season, the guy you got to play next to Sunday, George Fett. Just talk about the growth you've seen from him and, and talk about the stellar season he's had this year. Oh, man, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's he's doing awesome. And uh, you, you can see it every week. He, he just brings that attitude and toughness on the field and off the field. And, I, I mean, he's exciting to watch. He's He's smooth on the field, you know, with his sets. And, I mean, he's a mauler in the run game. So, he's just having an incredible year, man. I'm, I'm beyond happy for him. A kid from the Midwest who started his pro career out west with the Chargers in Southern California. New York doesn't have the sunshine 300-plus <laughs> days a year or the warmth of Southern California. But have you liked your time here? What has it been like being in the New York, New Jersey area? And what do you think about this fan base? Oh man, it's awesome. The the fan base is uh is absolutely unreal. And uh, you know, the Islander fan base is pretty cool too, obviously. But uh no, it, it's been awesome here. I've I've enjoyed my time uh so much. and it feels so awesome to, you know, feel welcomed and stuff uh of that nature. But it it's it's so cool, man, having a having a fan base like this in New York uh media outlet is obviously un unmatched and uh it's super cool. Dan, How always, unique was that? Go ahead, Deuce. Have you always been a hockey fan, or was that something that you kind of just gravitated to when you got up here to New York? Uh, so I always liked watching hockey, man. I, I always had such a great respect for him because I, I'm not the best ice skater. Can't really balance on the ice. So just watching these guys make athletic moves like that on ice while controlling a little puck, it, it, it's, yeah, it's baffling to me, and it, it's, it's very impressive. So I, I just love watching them do it. Have you ever seen the movie Slapshot? <laughs> oh, 
a long, long time ago, man. I, I couldn't quote it to save my life, but I, I, I have seen it once. You got to, you got to check that one yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I got to, I got to do a little more homework on that one. A, a, a legendary classic right there, uh, yeah. Dan. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We enjoyed it. Uh, I just wanted to end with what was that scene like in the locker room? How unique was that last week? Ron Middleton celebrates his first win as a head coach after so many years of being an assistant, not only in the NFL, but in the college game and playing in the NFL for 10 plus seasons at the tight end position. And then seeing Robert Sala come on Microsoft teams and the whole (laughs) locker room uh, basically erupt after all that. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, we were obviously excited as you can, you saw from the videos, but, but it was awesome. We were excited to get the win, you know, uh, uh, for Coach Middleton, I think he did a great job, you know, coming in as an interim head coach. He was, you know, he he relayed very, very good information. And obviously one of his uh, overlying themes of the week, I think, was just being a professional because we know how, you know, this game happens, especially with these COVID times. People are going to be going down left and right. But it's just about kind of handling your business and making sure that, you know, you can do the best that you can do at this time. You know, unfortunately, some people are going to be up, some people are going to be down, and you just never know. So I think he did a great job, you know, relaying that information. And obviously he came into the locker room with incredible juice after the game. You know, just absolutely stoked. And we were all happy for him because uh, we all thought he did a great job. And it was great seeing Coach Sala, obviously, on the teams come on right after that. It was, it was crazy. You know, obviously he wanted to be there. You could see it on the uh <clears throat> on the teams but uh, unfortunately he couldn't be there at the time but he was there in spirit for sure thanks dan we wish you luck these final two games thanks guys appreciate the time WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Good stuff from Dan Feeney there, dudes. What do you think about the matchup ahead for the Jets, the defending Super Bowl champion? Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to town. Yeah, this is a big measuring stick for the Jets, right? You got the Super Bowl champs coming in. Tom Terrific coming in the MetLife where he's terrorized the Jets for so many years in a different uniform. But, you know, we talked about this earlier off-camera. Omens, right? Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never won here. I remember we beat them in 2013 on a walk-off field goal for my guy, Folk Hero. Yes. Um, let's see if the Jets can get a little bit of that magic. Uh, Tampa Bay is already locked in their division already. Now they're trying to see if Green Bay slips up, if they could potentially get a number one seed. But you look at Tom Brady and this offense, uh, a lot has changed since the beginning of the year, right? They've been decimated by injuries. Um, they're missing their top two receivers and Chris Godwin and also Mike Evans. We'll see if Mike Evans can go. We know Godwin definitely won't be playing. But uh, what we saw from them last week versus the Carolina Panthers, they switched up a lot of 12 personnel, which they routinely do anyway because they got Bray and, and Gronkowski. But we saw 12-T, which means they brought in an extra tackle as a tight end position, and they tried to run the ball physically earlier in the game. And then we saw a lot of 13 personnel with O.J. Howard, uh, Cameron Brett, Brett, and then also Rob Gronkowski. So because they've been so 
decimated at the, the receiver position. They went a lot of 13 uh, personnel, but they were passing out of that a lot of times. And Tom Brady does what he does, play action pass, gets the ball in his hands when he drops back in three or five-step drops, gets out of his hands quick. And as a defender, sometimes you get frustrated, right, because he gets the ball out of his hand so quick. But you can't get frustrated. you got to keep rushing. Tom Brady's kryptonite has always been that inside pressure. If the defensive tackles can get to him up the middle and get him off the spot, that's where he struggled. Antonio Brown, if I'm, you know, Robert Sala or Jeff Obrick, I'm doubling him the whole game, even on run plays. I was just going to ask you that. Dude had 16 targets last week. Like, that's where the football is going. 16 targets, caught 10 of them, went over 100 yards. Like, he's not going to beat me. Somebody else how, how is going to have to do How much do they move him, Deuce? How much do they move him? But the thing is, and that's, and that's the thing that, that we struggle with, right? So communication on the back end is going to have to be good. Now, we'll see if some of, you know, the Jets get some of their starters back. Hopefully, Michael Carter comes back. Elijah Riley, uh, Ashton Davis, because the communication aspect has to be key. If you want to bracket a guy that they motion a lot, you got to be able to talk to the other side and be like, all right, you guys bracket over here. Now we're zoned over here because they motion him almost like every play. They get it. They, they try to get Antonio to Browns multiple ways. Screen is going to be big this game. Running back screen, receiver screen to Antonio Brown. So the Jets communication is going to have to be on it this week. This is a team that had gone a lot of 11 and 12 personnel, but a lot more 13 and 12 and 12 T because of the injuries at the receiver position. So 13 personnel and 12 T as you term it. I would think if the Buccaneers are watching the Jets and what has happened against the Braun here of oh, late. they don't run the ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, Even though no Fournette, you got Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn who really broke a long Explosive. one of the Ronald Jones, right? Yeah, so Ronald Jones is a guy that they originally wanted to be the guy. You know, Fournette kind of beat him out late in the year last year and then in the playoffs, a.k.a. playoff Lenny took over and kind of solidified his job. And I think, uh, you know, Bruce Arians even has come out and said this is a time for Ronald Jones to prove that he can be the guy. Um, kind of was minimized versus the Carolina Panthers. They did a good job of, you know, corralling and stopping him from running the football last week. And they gave him opportunities. I believe he had 20 carries. Um, but they, the Carolina Panthers did a really good job of stopping the run when they were in 13 and 12 and 12 T for people that don't know 12 is one back, two tight ends. When you go 12 T it's one tight end and the offensive tackle is the extra tight end. So 13 is three tight ends and one back. So they were, you know, trying to play bully ball with them and Carolina did a good job. Now Kijan Vaughn is a guy that's been in the doghouse for Bruce Aarons. They took him high in the draft, had a couple fumbles, and he's not been able to get back on the field because of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Um, but last week showed what type of back he can be. Broke a 55-yard run for a touchdown. He's a very explosive back. So when he's in the game, right, you really got to get everybody to the ball because if he breaks one or two tackles, you're not catching him from behind. He's that type of explosive back. He's usually a pretty good pass catcher, but he's dropped a few passes, so they've kind of kept him off a third down. And that's what they really missed the most with Leonard Fournette. Because, because besides Ron Gronkowski when Antonio Brown was out, the next person that Tom Brady trusted the most was Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, catching the ball out of the backfield. And they've missed that a lot with him because Ronald Jones isn't really a good receiver out of the backfield as well. So you know, knowing Tom Brady, he likes to go to the backs out of the backfield. He doesn't have that weapon right now with the injuries that they've had at the running back position with Leonard Fournette and then Gio Bernard being hurt as well. So Keyshawn Vaughn is explosive. Grayson – had a really good game on the outside, too. I think he broke one for, like, 60 yards on a wheel route. Um, he's a guy that has Olympic track speed, right? He was on the LSU track team. So you have to understand when you're playing a guy like that, speed kills, right? Don't let him get on top of you. Don't be caught flat-footed because he's going to run right past you. 
Uh, Brady, the most accomplished player of all time, still doing it at what forty four. So it's got to be that makes no sense. avocado ice cream. <laughs> I guess there's something in that ice cream. 100%. He leads the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns mm. again. What's he like to play against? And I'm not talking X's and O's oh, as yeah. far as the mind games, and also he seems like a very emotional guy, which he obviously uses that to his advantage, but. We've seen teams get under his skin, most notably of late, the New Orleans Saints, right? Yeah. Yeah, this guy is, is the ultimate competitor, right? And he, and he talks that trash on the field. I remember somebody asked him one time, besides Phillip River, who was the guy that talks the most trash? I'm like, it's Tom Brady, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. He talks trash, but he backs it up. And this is a guy, you talk about the mental aspect of the game. Like, there's only so much you're going to do pre-snap because he kind of knows what you're going to do. He's seen almost – every de defense to, of mankind like so like there's only so much pre-snap motion you can now you don't just want to just line up and tell them what you're doing right you want to do some pre-snap motion but he kind of knows where you're going so the things that have hurt him like the new orleans saints right they like to get in your face play man coverage put hands on the receivers and then he has to make tight window throws and if you can get pressure up the middle while doing that and that's another reason why Rex Ryan used to get up under his skin, right? He used to blitz the house. He had the corners on the outside to get in his in his receivers' faces, and they couldn't get free release. And so Tom Brady likes to throw the ball quick. Well, if a guy's getting jammed at the line of scrimmage, you can't throw the ball quick. So that's why teams like New Orleans Saints or the Jets when I played here gave Tom Brady so many issue be, issues because teams that blitz and can get to him up the middle while the receivers are fighting off, you know, getting jammed at the line of scrimmage, it throws off his timing. So he doesn't like that. So, you know, the Jets recently have been more of a, you know, blitz team, pressure team, man coverage team. So we'll see with Michael Carter coming back, hopefully, if they do a lot a lot more of that as far as, you know, getting in the receiver's faces, putting hands on Antonio Brown. Like you can't just give Antonio Brown a free release off the line of scrimmage, even if he's off the ball. Um, the thing is he's so shifty. So you got to be careful. You don't want to jam and miss, and then this guy's wide open. But that's why I say you bracket to his side because even if – the front guy misses him. You got, you know, some leverage in behind him that somebody's going to be there. But you got to get hands on these receivers at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown just pops right back in the lineup. And like you said, he that's crazy. After missing three games. And he goes over 100 yards. <laughs> Makes no like, sense, right? And people, I think people tend to forget because he's so vibrant and lively. This guy's in his 30s, right, doing this. Like, he's he's not he's not a young chicken anymore. Like, he's he's up there. He's in, I think he's 30 or 31. So, Antonio Brown, you could tell, like, people for all the scrutiny he gets, you can tell this guy cares about football. And he oh, my God, hard, hard knocks a couple years ago, right? You just yeah. saw the guy's a physical freak. Like, he he puts the – like, I've there's not many people I've seen work harder at, at their craft than Antonio Brown. So, like, for all the antics and everything he does off the field, when it comes to between those white lines – there's nobody that's usually more locked in than him. He, he reminds me, and, and maybe this isn't, I'm not saying across the board, but there's some kind of Floyd Mayweather in mm. him to his game where he just kind of goes to his own beat and his work ethic is just off the charts. Oh, 100%. I think this guy still works out three to four times a day, even during the season. Um, I've trained with him down in South Florida and just, just the work that he puts in. Like he'll he'll have a like Floyd Mayweather, right? They kind of go to their own tune. Like he'll have an early morning session, a light afternoon, and then like twelve a.m. to be out yep. there running. Like that's what they do. But 
that's what makes them great. Like a lot of people aren't ready to make that type of sacrifice because the game and boxing was that important to these two individuals because they want to be great. And and Antonio Brown should be a first first ballot Hall of Famer for what he's done. You know, yeah, between uh, the white Mayweather lines. was notorious for getting up or uh, or staying up all night. Maybe probably gambling all night. Oh, there'll be times he'll go and, out and going to the gym come, at two a.m. Yeah, he'll go out like, but he doesn't drink. He'll go out with his friends and then like as soon as he get back, hey man. It's time to work, man. Go get the car. Follow me. I'm about to run <laughs> 10 miles. Like, what? I know. <laughs> but that's what makes them great, though. Uh, Brady, does he initiate the war awards, or is he more of a counterpuncher in that sense? Because like you mentioned, that guy will get after you, not oh, just throwing the football, get in your ear. It's both, right? Because he's just always high intensity. So, like, say they put a big drive together, he'll, he'll talk his his. his like he'll talk it to you like that's what he does i remember i got into it with him my first year with the jets we were playing up there in new england tight game it was a monsoon game i don't know if you remember that i believe it was a thursday night game first thursday night game of the year and uh i hit him like right when he was releasing the ball and then he got up and he got in my face so i kind of like did like like this to him and he flopped i was like man get up man he started talking trash back and forth I'm like, you're not going to get that call, Tom. I know you to go, but you're not getting that call, man. They saw that you flopped. Like, stop it. But, it, I mean, it's, it's always been a heated rivalry between us and and, and the Patriots. So, uh, but Tom Brady, it, it, the crazy thing is we were I was talking about this with a few friends the other day. Like, it's good to see the relaxed Tom in Tampa Bay because we've never seen this type of Tom Brady in New England, right? The guy that's just relaxed. You know, Super Bowl, they do the parade on the on the water, being drunk, coming off the boat. You know, this is a guy you could have a beer with. The time in New England, you were like, nah, I'm cool. I'll just see you during the season. But this guy in Tampa is like a guy you'd like to go out to eat with, you know, maybe have a beer with, watch a game with. So it's good to see him at his elder state in the NFL, being able to truly be himself and kind of unwind. So, Well, you can see the reasons why that he, after 20 years of being like in that go. structure, <laughs> it's time to go. had to say, hey, man, it's time to go down to Florida. And, oh, by the way, me as a person who grew up in Buffalo, New York, I totally get not wanting to deal with the winners anymore. Oh, At some it. point in your life, if you're around that, and he grew up in Northern California, it's not that warm. Uh, but it's a hell of a lot warmer than being in the Boston <laughs> New England. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you grew up in Florida. You're a lucky man. But there's reasons why people want to go south or west where 300 days out of the year, you're getting sunshine. Yeah. And I think you see it. Tom Brady kind of looks even younger, too. Yeah. Right. The last few years. I don't I'm know like, how that's even possible. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like the Benjamin Button thing. Like, what, what what's he got going on? We know it's the avocados. Maybe it's you know, the vitamin D from the sun in Florida, but he just, he just seems like he's more lively. He has more life. He's just, he's just fun. Like, he just like, this is fun Tom Brady that we're can, seeing. The yeah. Last with two that years. being said, can you speak to the opportunities for the Jets fans this week? And you can talk about noise. Sure. Because the Jet I think fans have seen this guy lively, multiple times, the, a lively <laughs> environment, but if you're a fan, yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I was on the field. I was working as a PR assistant for the Jets in 01 when uh, Mo Lewis and company hit Bledsoe. It was, a, a me, it was across the field for me. 
Mm-hmm. And then this skinny kid from Michigan came in the game. He finished the game. The Jets win 10 3. Nobody knew what was going to take place. Yeah. You know, the, the Patriots were going to be the little engine that could in 2001, and they eventually took down the Rams, and nobody thought they were going to have a run, and the rest is history. Yeah. But with that being said, I do think this is a, can be an amazing experience for anybody going to the game on Sunday because this might be the last time you see this guy live. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, Jet fans have seen him for multiple years at MetLife, but like you said, this could potentially be the last time he comes to MetLife in his career. So I think, you know, that's something that Jet fans will kind of relish and, and want to come to the game for. And a Jet Nation has been amazing. Like, even Sunday's game, right, you got two teams that are, you know, at the top of the draft order, and MetLife was packed, man. It was a lot of energy. It was lively in there. I saw videos, you know, on social media. There was a lot of fans going to a game in late December when the Jets have essentially nothing to play for. So you have to love that, you know, Jet Nation for going out. And and I've said this for the longest time. I played for both New York franchises. To me, um, there might be more Giant fans, but there's no more loyal fans than the New York Jets. They are truly loyal, and they're going to come out now. They're, sometimes they'll, they'll they'll get after you because they're more of like the blue collar group that I like I like to say they're more blue collar than the giant fans. So they they'll, they'll get after you because they've been fans for their literally their whole life. Like since they've been in diapers, guys have been fans for 30, 40, 50 years. So um, I just have to give a shout out to Jet, Na- Jet Nation for for coming out. You know, even with nothing to play for and cheering on their team. But this will be an opportunity for them to see probably not probably the greatest quarterback that's ever graced the football field for potentially the last time in that life. Yeah. Boom. Get after him. Make it uncomfortable. Uh, maybe get a couple delay game calls. That would be great. But at the end of the game, I really don't mind at all. If you are a sports fan, you raise your cap and say, Hey man, respect. Yeah. Yep, respect because he, he deserves it. He, he, he commands it. And, uh, yeah. you know, this, this could be the last time we see Brady, at MetLife Stadium facing the Jets. So let's go to the other side of the coin really quickly because we could talk about this game for hours. But yeah. Todd Bowles, yeah. former Jets head coach, defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, matching up with Zach Wilson. Yeah, TB's not going to be out there, but his scheme can cause fits for young quarterbacks. And can you talk about not only that, but the dynamic at play with Zach Wilson? Because for a young quarterback – you can get caught up in this thinking that I'm facing Tom Brady. Tom Brady. No, you're you know, facing where, Tom Bowles. Yeah. <laughs> Bowles and facing the other TB. Might have a number of injuries. They're, they, you got to channel everything towards them. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the Miami Dolphins a few weeks ago, that second half when they adjusted to Zach Wilson and started bringing the house. Well, Tom Bowles is going to do that from snap one. We saw it last week versus the Carolina Panthers. He knew that the offense has been decimated with injury, and they've had some big injuries on defense as well. Um, this team made a run to the Super Bowl because they were able to get after the quarterback, and they had great linebacker play. And their young secondary was able to hold up, right? Um, they've had some injuries in the secondary. They're actually more healthier than they've ever been now. Uh, Carlton Davis is a guy that they'll usually let travel with the number one receiver. We'll see if Elijah Moore – can go it's tuesday we'll find out later on the week how practice goes um but i'm sure if elijah moore plays Carlton davis will travel and they'll probably either zone the other side or play you know two men on the other side todd Bowles is synonymous with bringing pressure and going man coverage right so zach wilson your legs were effective 
Sunday when the Jacksonville Jaguars went man coverage. That is something that is going to be up for this week, too. And I think Todd Bowles will probably look at that and see the last few weeks, Zach has gotten more comfortable. I want to say, what, four t- rushing touchdowns in the last four five Four rushing games. touchdowns are five games. Yeah, so, like, that's something that Todd Bowles is definitely going to keep in his back pocket, knowing that Zach has been more comfortable taking off with the football. But there's going to be a lot of tight window throws, man, because this team gets in your face. They press up the line of scrimmage. They play man coverage. Um, Jordan Whitehead is a guy that hasn't gotten enough credit. He's one of the best young safeties in all of football. Like, he was the best player on the field Sunday First Carolina, and I'm I'm including Tom Brady in that conversation and Antonio Brown. Like Jordan Whitehead was the best field. If you go back and watch that film, what this guy did, he is an enforcer in the secondary, had an interception in that game on a heck of a play that was tipped up in the air. He was just all over the field versus Carolina, and he's been a really good safety the last two years. He's just now starting to get the credit that he deserves. So he's a guy that Zach Wilson definitely needs to know where he's at. If he's around the box, most of the time he's coming. Uh, they like to insert him in the run game because he is a physical presence at the safety position. So this is a defense that can get after you. Now, Shaq Barrett won't be there. Um, we'll see if JPP plays this week. He didn't play last week. Nope. Um, Joe Tryon is a guy that they liked that they got in the first round. He's probably playing more reps than they intended for him to play. And that man, Vita Vea, man, I mean, what what can you say? It's so hard him? to run inside against this yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, you can't run against this team because Dominican Sue and Vita Vea are two big guys. You know, they also got McClendon, who was with the Jets as well, inside at the defensive tackle position. Devin White, to me, has been, you know, hasn't gotten enough Pro Bowl recognition, but he should because this guy can do it all as far as his pass cover skills and what he does in blitzing the quarterback. Like, there was times last year – during the playoffs where he would take out a tight end or take out a – like there were times he, tra- he, he traveled with Travis Kelsey and took him out of the game. Like Alvin Kamara, one-on-one. Like that's rare for any linebacker or even safety to do that. But at the linebacker position, because he is so athletic, he was able to take Alvin Kamara out of that game. So this is a defense, even though it's had some injuries, they can still get after you, right? You stated it already. Seven sacks last week versus the Carolina Panthers. So this is a team that will get after you. So Zach really needs to know where his hot routes are. And then the man coverage, if you have the ability to take off and run, you have to do that just to keep this team honest. In the NFC, I'm rooting for uh NFC championship rematch. I want to see Rodgers and Brady. Oh, I think everybody coach. wants to see that. I want to see it one more time, and I think yeah. we're headed in that direction. Hopefully the Jets uh, can keep this thing close there in the second half. A, a final thought here as we close, and we're presented by WinBet, betting as a team sport bet together at WinBet. What do you make of the AFC East, Deuce? They better put both, some both the on Bills and Patriots are nine and six. <laughs> Your guy Josh Allen had one of his best games of his career. He was cooking. Last I, week. I ain't gonna lie, man. You know I'm not. A, I don't believe in him. But I mean, if you talk about it, right? A lot of those plays were off platform. You can't live and die with that. Now he hit him that week, but who's to say the next week he's gonna hit him? Now that that, that third and eleven throw to Stephon Diggs, which is disrespectful down the scene. <laughs> Um, this this guy's arm, and I've always said his arm talent is disrespectful, some of the throws that he can make. But uh, they played well. They went into New England, got the job done. Now on top of the AFC East, um, they have the Jets and Atlanta this week. Yeah. But just like so. big picture-wise, New England's going to be good for a while. They're not going away. Bills, too. Uh, the Bills got a young quarterback. Miami, 10-6, and, and now Miami. wins. Here's Miami, the first team in NFL history with a seven-game losing streak and seven-game seven win, win streak in the same That's season crazy. if the season ended today. They'd be in the playoffs. They play, play your Titans next week. That's going to be a game to That's watch. That's going to be an L for them. <laughs> That's going to be an L for them. I mean, and, and you have to 
give a shout out to Brian Flores for keeping that team together. One to seven, they had a really tough schedule coming out the gate. Um, they got a, a win versus New England when they really shouldn't have. Uh, Damian Harris fumbled the ball right when they were, New England was about to score. Because yep. even if they don't score a touchdown there, they kick the field goal, they're up in that game. Yeah, and so, then Miami yeah. would have started 0-8. Oh, 0-8, exactly. So for a team, it kind of reminds me of Flores' first year, right? They struggled back into the year. Um, I don't know if you remember this. They beat New England, and New England um, got knocked out of the first seed and had to – play at home in the first round instead of getting the bye because Miami won that last game right. in New England. So, I mean, I'm not putting anything past Miami. That's going to be a, a defensive juggernaut game. Uh, Brian Flores is not going to let A.J. Brown beat him like like the San Francisco 49ers did because <laughs> he literally took over that game Thursday night and single-handedly beat the 49ers by himself. That with Jimmy Garoppolo making some untimely throws and throwing a few picks. But that's going to be a good defensive matchup. Like Tennessee Titans defense has been playing really well down the stretch. This is the defense that Mike Vrabel envisioned. Um, they were beat up at the beginning of the year, but everybody's healthy. And then looks like King Henry has the opportunity maybe to potentially come back this week, if not this week, the following week. That would so be crazy. The Colts, the Colts are on the Titans' heels. So, like, if you're the Titans, you can't have any slip-ups because you not uh, only do you want to go. be fine because they swapped yeah. them, right? They got the one-game lead. So well, they, but, but, if, but if Tennessee loses out and the Colts right. went out, yeah. So, like, you got to think Miami's playing for everything this week. Like, if they went out, they're in the playoffs. So, like, this is a big game. This Miami's week. close. Yeah, to your point, this magic carpet ride, it might have an ending here coming up because you have and Tennessee the and then the Patriots. But just looking, are oh, they going to beat the Patriots? I'm calling that right now, so we'll get we'll get back to that. But okay, I, I think they're right, going we'll to beat them in week 18. Week. But 2022, this division, who we thought and we knew was in transition in the post Tom Brady era, th- this division for a while, people are like, well, what's going to come of it? I'll tell you yeah. what. Next year, I think yeah. you're going to have four toughest, toughest division in football. decent, good, very good teams, one through four. Yeah, and, and if you look at the quarterback position, all four quarterbacks, I believe, are either 25 or 26 and under. So these guys are just scratching. this. A lot of, like three of the quarterbacks aren't even scratching the surface yet. Like if you talk about New England with their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, Tunga, uh, Tua Tunga-Valoyo being a very young quarterback. Like these these three quarterbacks haven't even scratched the surface of what they can be. And then Josh Allen is starting to hit his stride, right? He's uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So you're talking about – guys fighting for this division year in and year out. And everybody thought this was going to be the laughing stock of the NFL with Tom Brady leaving. But what happens if they get three teams in the playoffs? You would have to say that this is the best division in football right now. Oh, man. And And so if you're the Jets, right, like these were quick turnarounds by these teams too, right? Quick turnaround, Miami, quick turnaround, New England, quick turnaround. So now there's so much more pressure on the Jets to get that quick turnaround as well because these teams were able to do it in a two- to three-year span. I agree, uh, and we're going to leave it right there, but I'll continue to state that that the Jets are going to be there playing meaningful games. you got to be playing meaningful games in December next year if you're, yep. if you're the Jets. Agreed. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you next week.